presenting the Madhav Bhagavad in a, in a uh, summarized, uh, non-philosophical, experiential form, what I was hoping to give you all was like a, a guided experience, almost like a tour of something that's beyond the dimensions that we can actually perceive. And that I know is not an easy thing to do for myself, not being from that level of conscious experience, nor for yourselves listening to what appears to you and me as just words that we're familiar with. But I would also just like to read you something here, very short, uh, because at the end there were nine chapters in the Madhavahotsav, and every chapter was named after Radha, something Radha, something Radha, according to the theme of that particular chapter. And at the end of every chapter, Srila uh, Jiva Goswami expresses something of himself in his appreciation towards Srila Rupa Goswami. So I found, I, I collected these uh, expressions yesterday early, and I was hoping them to, to actually give a copy of them to Maharaj in case he would like to use them in his Rupa Goswami presentation. But uh, I didn't manage to get them off my computer. And, and so I thought perhaps maybe I should read them instead. So he starts by saying, I offer my constant service to incomparably beautiful Krishna, who somehow delivered me, burning since time immemorial in the forest fire of material life, and who placed me near his pure servants. Paying respects at the feet of his brother Sanatan Goswami, the image of perfect mercy and the giver of all desires, I eternally worship Siddha Rupa Goswami, my master, whose worshipable Lord is Krishna, who accepted me as his servant. And he says, I eternally serve beautiful Krishna, who has brought to his lotus feet this low person to mingle with the soft-hearted devotees and kept me engaged in his worship. I eternally serve the worshipable Rupa Goswami, who always worships Krishna. At the next chapter end, he says, I eternally serve the lotus feet of Rupa Goswami and beautiful Krishna, who always rains a shower of mercy on this fallen soul, lower than any other, addicted knowingly to offenses and with no taste for devotion and completely impure. Next chapter. I pay eternal respects to that beautiful Krishna who are like the moon giving nectar and increasing the bliss of the ocean and to Srila Rupa Goswami, the eternal servant of Krishna who 
Vrindavan form of Krishna, which increases the bliss in the ocean of the devotees' hearts. And then he says, I eternally serve the beautiful Krishna and Rupa Goswami, who serves Krishna, who bestowed the light of their toenails to this suffering soul, who cleansed completely the mirror of my heart through the bestowal of unconquerable bhakti, and who gave me a chintamani gem although I desired other things. And he says, I eternally serve the beautiful Krishna and my guru who drowned me, almost dying in an ocean of mercy, who gave their lotus feet to this childish fool and who protected me with their affectionate glances, seeing how fickle I was. And the last one from the last um, chapter, he says, being lazy and ignorant, I eternally serve Krishna and his eternal servant, Shiva Rupa Goswami who are the destroyers of laziness and sin, being the personifications of knowledge. So I would just uh, have nothing to say after that, except that this was what I was hoping to share with you because it so touched my heart that I thought it would be very nice to touch your hearts as well. Thank you. There were several points that my presentation on the kings who had been imprisoned by Jarasandha, um, there were unlimited points that were presented by the Srimad Bhagavatam and Srila um, Prabhupada, Vishala Chakravati Thakur, and Srila Jiva Goswami, but the, but the central points were that the kings were in such a difficult circumstance. And what did they do in that circumstance, even though their consciousness wasn't ready to pray for pure devotional service? They simply wanted to get relief, to be released from their suffering. And they came to Krishna with that, with that prayer through a messenger. They couldn't even bring it themselves. But through a messenger, they came to Krishna with that prayer for release from suffering. And Krishna, in his own way, in his own time, as he performed different um, services to different beloved devotees, um, giving them fame, giving them power, so that they could even serve Krishna with that fame and power. But it caused the kings to... Um, to not get what they wanted from Krishna in an immediate sense, in the immediate sense that they wanted release from the suffering. Naturally, no one, no one prefers suffering. No one likes that. But yet, 
um, quite amazingly, and to the great credit of those kings, they kept their faith in Krishna, and they saw more and more that it is my karma, it is a result of what I have done in this and previous lives in my search for material happiness as a king, lording it over, controlling, enjoying this, not caring for my the, the happiness of my citizens. I've done um, I've done awful things, and 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 because of that, if it wasn't for the karma that I had, Darasanda couldn't have imprisoned me. So therefore, even Darasanda isn't to blame, but rather in a very introspective way, they examined their situation and they came to a very humble state and they remained always focused on Krishna. So first, they took shelter of Krishna and then they continued to take shelter of Krishna in an introspective and humble way. They were in a difficult circumstance they had maybe even desired immediate, immediate release and they took shelter of Krishna and they surrendered to Krishna and so the nature of surrender isn't that I'm surrendered to you Krishna do as you like with me I am your eternal servant but then when I don't get what I want I withdraw my surrender and I do something else um, so second they just remain fixed in their introspective and humble mood, in their surrender and taking shelter of Krishna mood. And then third, um, when Krishna came to them and, and released them, they wanted to know how to advance further. And they wanted, they didn't expect immediate to be on, on the highest, highest platform, but rather they wanted to know the process. And the blessing that Krishna gave them was fixedness in the process and fixedness in the goal. Fixedness in the process and fixedness in the goal. And they took that. They took his instructions. They heard his instructions and they became very fixed. So there may be some lessons for us in, 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 in the instructions that that pastime offers. So, if it's relevant, it's yours. And you can read it again for yourself too. And again and again and again and see how deep you can go because the Bhagavatam's message is unlimitedly deep. Hare Krishna, thank you. Hare Krishna, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I was very, very charmed when I heard when the kings finally saw Krishna, they asked him about a process how to remember him always. And it was this subject matter to remember Krishna uh, that was at the nucleus of my presentation. But I would like to tell you a little bit how this came about. It was in the year 2002 where I was in the hospital and mm, the surgery was done, it was done well, but um, unfortunately the instruments that they used carried a virus and uh, after uh, 
I was already discharged from the hospital. The virus uh, uh, had a viral. Uh, there was a viral spread. You know, it was spreading out, and I uh, had to be brought to the hospital. I was in coma already. The coma is not fainted. I had fainted already, um, and. Uh, doctors began to fight for my life because it was a dangerous virus and it had already spread too much. Antibiotics couldn't catch it any longer. And I remember during that time I was uh, lying, I was not able to eat, I was in the intensive care station. I thought that this could be uh, my last uh, few days on this earth, I now cannot chant so nicely and with, with my, you know, I don't have strength to move my lips and, and breathe and produce a sound. I was uh, so weak that this was no longer possible. Uh, and I could also not render other forms of uh, the devotional service. I could not... to lectures for a long time. I would always come in and out of consciousness. Uh, I could not worship the deities. Uh, I had exhausted all my prayers already. Uh, what could I do then? And uh, I started to remember the story of the Brahmana who had offered Krishna's services in his mind. You, you have read the story, A Nectar of Devotion. No? He, he was a poor man, uh, but he learned that when you offer the Lord something in meditation, the Lord accepts. So I started to actually do uh, kirtan in my meditation as long as I could. I saw myself in the Krishna Balaram temple. There was good attendance. We had good kirtan. And I finally danced the way I like to dance in Kirtan. Uh, I did it all in my meditation, in my thoughts. And then Burijan Prabhu, I remember you phoned me and you asked, how is it going? I said, I'm dancing. Uh, and what? <laughs> we thought you're dying. Uh, no, no, I'm dancing in my mind. So, so I had this experience. Um, there is, uh, I had a miraculous recovery, and the doctor uh, who treated me, Professor Heger, uh, asked me, how is this? I mean, I've never seen someone recover so fast. And I said, I was dancing. What? Dancing? You going in and out of consciousness. I said, the time when I was awake, I was dancing in my mind. And then his eyes cleared and he said, ah, yes, there is some good research work done now, which says the people who have positive thoughts recover much, much quicker than people who have negative thoughts. And he shared some of the, uh, the discovery. And I smiled and I said, I have more than positive thoughts. I have spiritual thoughts. But, 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 I remembered that. I think our movement is 
is overrun by negativity. And this will create disturbances in the followers, both in their spiritual determination and the target where they're going. It will create consequences and it does already in their confidence in life and in their a full stop. But this verse has a second part. It in, the, in the second part of the verse, we are introduced to an, um, a, a process that our tradition offers, how we can become absorbed in Krishna. Uh, what we heard yesterday is uh, uh, instructions on one level. Instruction was do your duties that you do in this world, but do them for me. This is how we are mindful of Krishna. And then it said, and fix your mind in me. Do I repeat correctly? There were, there were many more small, uh, small things. I, yes. But at least essential instructions are there. No? Do what you do for Krishna. Do your duties and do it to benefit others, and also. 
also fix your mind absorb it in you. This is there. This is on one level. Rupa Goswami goes here to another level. He, ex he explains that one should reside in Braj in the purport we hear either in the body or the mind and serve Krishna under the guidance of the devotees there. One should follow in the footsteps of the Lord's beloved devotees who are deeply attached to his devotional service. So I wanted to speak a little bit about the second part that is how someone who wants to remember Krishna Purna fill his mind with Krishna, 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 Radha, 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 how, what he can do. But I, I hope that it became clear when you listen to all the other things which were in there, that it's very important to start on the level on which you can start to remember Krishna. Maybe for some of us it is that maybe instead of every hour we are in the internet, we go just once a day in the internet and don't uh, agitate our mind with negativity and distraction. Maybe we need to start, some of us need to start there. Uh, whatever the level is, The idea is you must remember Krishna. Uh, and uh, and uh, um, another instruction is maybe for some of us we should make a regular reading time where we read and then remember Krishna. For instance, half an hour a day, regularly. That could be one thing. Maybe it is for others that we say, I say goodbye to distracted rounds now. I want to focus my mind. So how do I do this? Okay, I chant before the deities or I have a picture of the deities and be mindful of Krishna whose name I chant. My dear devotees, everything done in this idea of remembering Krishna Is, is, equal, is equally good if it is uh, relating to their, what we can do at the same time. But it's important that we start somewhere. And this brings me to my final message. My dear devotees, please, if you go home, take something from the Govardhan retreat, some little inspiration. Do that, act on it, and uh, then you will see how you will become encouraged to increase your spiritual activities and, uh, and move on in your path. This was the, the idea, and we studied a little bit about Krishna's, Krishna's Madanam, remembering Krishna by studying the heart of Rupa Goswami going to his last composition. Hope there was something for you, for everyone of you in, something you can take with you home and uh, gives pleasure to your heart and uh, perhaps to the devotees with whom you talk. Uh, what did they discuss in the Govardhan retreat? You can maybe you refer to your notes, uh, otherwise.
course, you can say, well, the voice about Krishna is something. Somehow, you know, it's devotees should remember Krishna and remind others of Krishna. <laughs> that is the uh, good package. Uh, good. So this is what I wanted to say. In my, I need to say, I say it every time, but I need to say it. I know I have something, sometimes a spicy language where those who listen carefully can, can detect a tone of of irony, or sarcasm, or, or all these bad things, I do them in order to, uh, you know, stir you up uh, and uh, challenge some of your concepts also. But now I can go back and I can just not do this any longer. I can say, thank you very much. You are the most wonderful audience. Bhujan Prabhu and myself, we discussed. Uh, we felt very encouraged by you, no? Very encouraged uh, indeed to the wonderful. Uh, please forgive me if I have upset you and unsettled you by using uh, a way of teaching that is a little bit um, unconventional, perhaps, or something like that. So, good. Uh, uh, now, uh, one last thing remains to be done. Maharaj Ki!